welcome to the first inaugural episode of Fourth Line Dusters podcast. Oh yeah, talk about, <laughs> we're talk about uh, you know all kinds of sports. Uh, just have one of the week and uh, share our thoughts and provide <laughs> cutting edge, in depth analysis. Can't get it anywhere else. So oh, yeah. I'd like we're to welcome our co-host. Stats, you know, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. My name's Calvin. Uh, okay, so first we're gonna talk about what, what, what's the first thing we wanna talk about? We got a whole whole list here. Oh, you wanna start Raptors game? They just played. Yeah, yeah we'll start know. Raptors game. All right. So the Raptors just beat the Hawks 119, 116. I, I caught part of the game. It was and it's they're on the road, so you know, I understand it's closer, but they poof, didn't look great. You know what? Without Lowry, without Ibaka, you have the rookies that are stepping up right now. I mean a lot of the weight in my mind fell on Siakam. Oh, for sure, yeah. 34 points, 40 minutes. Van yeah. Vliet stepped up. I think, what, he have 25 tonight? Yeah, Siakam's been playing. He's yeah. well, he stepped up whole, all season since, obviously, Kawhi's been gone. Like, he's led the team in scoring, like, at least half the games. So he's just – yeah, since Lowry and Ibaka went down, he's really – he's starting to take over. Van Vliet's looking like he might uh, – he's oh. – Van Vliet is looking Didn't, like – Isn't he undrafted? Like, that's Yeah, insane. he was. Well, Wichita State undrafted. Like – He's a fucking dude. Did you know? I saw a stat. The Raptors were the first team to advance to the finals and then win, either or, of a team that did not have a lottery pick. Yeah. Kawhi was 15th. No, there's no one else lottery pick. That's insane. Yeah. Like, that's, just, it's, that's just good drafting. It's development. It's just – It's coaching. Yeah, coaching. Nurse. When, I, when, they, when they fired Casey, I was happy because he hadn't really gotten past either LeBron – or well, I guess it was just LeBron, really. And I was, I was like, you got to get over yeah. the hump. You know what? Um, what I will tell you this: Nurse is a good coach. Oh, for sure. But I feel as if LeBron wasn't in the East for all those years when Casey was coaching. Yeah. The Raps definitely had a shot at making a finals. Oh, I well, they made the conference finals that one year. You know, so I, I think if yeah, I think they go to the finals, but they don't beat Golden State. Winning, I, I don't know about winning the finals. No, no, they don't beat. Not Golden the way, State. not the way Golden State was built. No, not a chance. Because they just they were they were never going to win a title with Demar and Lowry. They just it was just no. it wasn't built properly. As much as I miss Demar, oh, just because of everything that he gave to the city, yeah, the love that he showed. I was I was talking to my buddies and it, like I wanted them to send him a ring, but at the same time you can't. But I wanted to do like like a banner or something. They got our tires number. Do you think, like him and Lowry's? But when they, when For they me, retire, Mar and Lowry deserve it the most. Yeah. So when they started talking about retiring Kawhi's jersey, oh, I was like, Yeah. You could I, honor it, like you know, I, exactly. have the video tribute or whatever. But, but you don't retire a jersey after one year of play. And, and he left. He's he exactly. signed somewhere else. He wasn't traded. Yeah, you can't. You can't. I was seeing people talking about, oh, well, he got us a title. No, 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 no. The whole team won a title. Was he part exactly. of it? Yeah. If it wasn't the main reason, for Kyle yeah. Lowry dropping 20 in the first, like, quarter of that yeah. game. Well, Siakam and- basically won game one almost by himself. Like, it was insane. Like, without Siakam, you don't win game one. And you go to game seven if you don't. Like, it's, it's – Exactly. Yeah. People were making the last year's Raptors to be, like – 
Cleveland in 2016 with where the, they yeah, had with LeBron, yeah. And yeah, it, with it wasn't LeBron like and Kyrie. But it wasn't. We had when Kyrie when Kawhi didn't show up, show up. He, his obviously Kawhi's off night was dropping 30 points <laughs> yeah. or 27 <laughs> minimum. Yeah. But still, when Kawhi wasn't Kawhi or he was, you know, taking some load management, Siakam stepped up. Van Vliet, after he had kids, stepped up, which was weird. It was so weird. It's like complete trash, has a kid, goes off. (laughs) Well, it's the whole dad strength thing. It's insane. But I saw saw a stat. I think it was like – I wasn't sure. I think it was in January. The Raptors were like 13-2 and without Kawhi. When he rested, like up until the All Star break, like they weren't bad without him. They were, they were still, they still finished second or third in the East without him, like at all. Exactly. So, yeah. Oh yeah. So the <laughs> Hawks game. So, yeah. So yeah. Like yeah. They since Lowry and Ibaka have gone down, they've won every single game, besides losing to the Mavs by eight on the road, and the Clips by ten on the road. They've been on. They went on a one, two, three, four, five game road trip. Like, they haven't lost anybody that's not a good team. And you know what, though? They versed the Clips right after playing the Lakers. After they beat the Lakers, yeah, on a back-to-back. Exactly. And that game was phenomenal. Can we just talk about Chris Boucher? Dude, I don't know if you've seen. Oh, oh, oh I've watched him, yeah. He was like, he, is... he played like three minutes a game last year. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, he's just like good. Now that Ibaka's <laughs> like... hurt, he's getting those minutes. Yeah. And he's proving a starting position, in my opinion. Again, I know. I'm he played 15 minutes, dropped 13 points. I can't remember how many rebounds, but against the Lakers, he showed that he could be a really nice off-the-bench player. Yeah. And, yeah, he went to Oregon. I remember that. Because it was, it was the two Canadians. It was, it was, oh, it was Dylan Brooks and uh, Boucher. I was excited about both of them. And then uh, Brooks went to Memphis. He's been all right. But, yeah, Boucher undrafted. Signs of the Raptors, and now he's like good, and he's a rotation piece on a team that's going to contend for a title again this year. People, when when Kawhi left, people were writing off his team like they're terrible. I was like, which pissed me off, by the way. Yeah, I'm like, why, why, why all of a sudden they built the entire? Yeah, like I understand that, like he's the he was the best player on the team, I'm uh, for sure, but he wasn't the heart of the team. No, Kyle Lowry's the heart of the team. That's not even a question. And Siakam's kind of like the, the lungs, I guess, where he's like he, – he adds the energy, Lowry adds the heart, and like he's, he knows what it takes to win. He went to those – all those series against uh, LeBron, and he, like, he, he felt the pain. With DeMar gone, he was kind of like the, the last – I guess Valanciunas as well, but he was traded. But the, he was like the last player that understood the pain of losing again and again and again. So without Lowry, like you don't have that leadership. Right. And even like people were, talk- I was talking to a friend. He's talking about when they acquired Gasol, the deadline. They're like, they were paid for him. Why'd you give up DeLon Wright? And I'm like, what? Like, Wright was a good player, but Gasol, he, sh- he shot down Embiid and Vucevic, both of them. Like, they were terrible. Embiid was, was decent, but Vucevic was completely useless in the whole series. Like, I, they, I don't think they could pass the Sixers without Gasol. No. Without Gasol, our yeah. defense wouldn't have been to the level where it was. No. I, I love JV, but he's he's not at Gasol's level. They didn't give up first-round pick. They gave up uh, JV, DeLon Wright, in like a 2024 20, second 
and people talking about that overpaid. I'm like, what? Overpaid? Are you kidding me? Because he's a rental. Oh. Well, that's what championship teams do. They get rentals because they need they need to win now, and they did. And you know, I, I, I understand the ups, people being upset about JV. I yeah. love JV myself. Like, he was good, young center. For a big guy, he had really good motion. Like, he, he had good movement. He was oh, yeah. fat. But his defense level wasn't bad. the best. It wasn't at that level. Exactly. Yeah. And plus, you got more of an experienced veteran in Gasol. So, yeah, if you want to win, that's what you got. Exactly. There's a problem was the Raps never made moves to win. They made moves to be relevant, which was fine because they weren't relevant for a while. 2012, they get DeMar. You know, they get Lowry. They start building something. 14, 15, start making playoffs. Once you made the playoffs three, two, three, four years in a row, and you don't get past second round, and you get past once and get crushed by LeBron. They were never in that series. I think it went six games. They were never in that series. So once you – you feel like it's, it's, this is not about being relevant anymore. This is about winning a championship. And I don't think people understood that. But Masai, he understood that. Like, that's why whenever he makes a move, I just don't even question anymore. Like, I just – I completely go away with everything. Like, the Hollis Jefferson signing, I, I was like, man, this, he's, this is going to be a steal. And he looks great. I'm obviously a Bacchus out, so he's getting more minutes. But You know what? His defense has been improving. That was the one thing that yeah. Nurse told him that he had to improve. He literally called him out. In one of his, oh, yeah, in one of his press conference interviews, yeah, he said both him and Stanley Johnson, if yeah. they don't improve their defense, they're not going to get the minutes. Yeah. And ever since he made that comment, I've seen Jefferson's defense spike. Like that Lakers game, mm-hmm. Jefferson actually stepped up on defense. He he played a hell of a game. Yeah. And Matt Thomas, this dude is yeah. firing bombs from three. <laughs> Well, there's Davis, too. Again, like, these guys went out of nowhere. Like, undrafted guys out of nowhere. And they're just good. And they're rotation pieces now. And it's and, just – it's insane. And they're going to get better from this point. That, and yeah, they can't get worse. Well, they could. As a Raptors fan, yeah, that's all I'm hoping for. Oh, for sure. Like, like I, our, I know people were talking about, oh, well, it's going to be Bucks and Sixers in the finals. And they're like, oh, they're going to be Bucks, Sixers, Celtics, and – I don't know, anyone, oh, the, the Heat or whatever. And it's like they were giving Raptors no respect after their own title. Like they just won a title. They lose Kawhi. Okay, fine. But they're not going to implode and miss the playoffs. And I, I, was talking, I was talking to a guy and he's like, I'm like, oh, Raptors are going to be top two in the East this year. And he laughed at me. I'm like, what are you laughing at? And he goes, they lost Kawhi. Yeah, they lost Kawhi. But they, he also, they have championship experience now. And everyone's gotten better. And like like who, who's – that all in the team, they're not going to get better or they're getting worse. Like, no one's regressing. Lowry's what, like 31? Like, he's not regressing yet. Same with Gasol. They're at the age where they're at their peak. And people are talking about how they're going to be terrible. I just, I don't, I just don't understand. I don't understand it. You know what? Yeah. It's just one of those things where people overreact. Yeah. Yeah. Or you have people that actually don't watch the games and they don't get to see what your actual youth core is capable of. Or what your bench players actually they just look up the stats and they see exactly. oh he only played fifteen minutes, dropped seven points. Yeah, dropped seven points, but he played lockdown defense. Exactly. Like, That's another thing about the NBA. They don't have enough defensive stats. Same with the NHL, really. They just I don't there's just not enough defensive stats that get noticed. People talk about like Harden. 
okay, yeah, he's the probably the best pure scorer in the league, but he provides zero on defense. And you don't see that in a box score because you, you see 45 points. Wow, it's great. But yeah, but he had 41 shots. And it's like, okay, so he's like incredibly inefficient. And he was not, nothing on defense. He is a great player, but they don't, people don't watch the games. They just, well, if they do, they see highlights. Well, highlights are on offense. They're not always on defense. Exactly. Like people got a, mis, a misconception of, of teams like that, especially the Raptors, because they see, oh, but it's not a bunch of undrafted guys. They're going to be terrible this year. Well, no, they're not. They want drafted because they're seniors and they're 22, 23 years old. People that are drafting or teams that are drafting, especially high, they go for players that are 18, 19 so they can develop more, which is fine. But the reason they're drafting high is because they're bad. So a team because they, and they need young players to develop. So a team like the Raptors, there there are this is it. Like this is the time now, obviously. So signing a 23-year-old undrafted guy is not a it's not a charity case. This is like he's gonna apply he's gonna be more ready to help the team now than a lottery pick that's 19. You know, so do people look too much at the, the superficial stuff, like where they're drafted, rather than where they came from the program? Like if they're, you know, a Villanova player, they're going to be more prepared, even if they're like 23, than a guy who's from like a smaller school just because of the coaching. And I feel like people just look at, they look at stats, which are it's inflated for younger, for small conferences. They just look at stats and don't look at the, uh, the intangibles and they don't look at, the experience of a player, especially when it pertains to how it's going to help a team. No, that's facts. Like you're drafting a 23 year old. He's going to be more mentally prepared. I guess yep. you can say he'll, cause he, he'll be used to being criticized or exactly. He'll be used to being that underdog. So he'll be willing to put in that effort. Not to say that a rookie's not, mm-hmm. but with a rookie, like RJ Barrett or Zion Williamson, those guys have a lot of pressure on them. And as an 18-year-old, oh, sure. 19-year-old, that pressure sometimes gets you. Yeah, and when you, when you play on a team like the Raptors, they obviously wouldn't have a high lark like that. But rookies, they're coming off the bench for eight minutes. Exactly. They're not like Barrett starting, at, starting for 35 minutes a game. So you don't need that top-end talent. You just need them not to be a negative, essentially. Any rookie that's not a negative on the floor – is a positive because they're just like a lot or the older they are, the more, of course off, the more March Madness they've been to, which means they have like kind of playoff do or die experience. People shit on the March Madness. It's like, because it's not, they talk about how it's not really like experience, but they're still, this is, they, they care. Like these players aren't screwing around. Like he's like, people talk about all well, the bowl games for football. Players will skip it to, to go to the, like for um to declare for the draft because it doesn't mean anything. Well, yeah, but no one's skipping the college football playoff. No one's skipping the March Madness. Like this is a real experience, and a player that's a senior's been through that four or five times. So when you, and you add that, they're not, I guess they're not shocked by what it's be like the NBA over a rookie that's you know nineteen or whatever. Exactly. I like the new youth core. People keep talking about the Pelicans. Mm -hmm. Toronto's got a really sick youth core. I'm not saying it's, you know, fresh off, like, the draft, kind of like the Pelicans. Like, you got B.I. and Zoe Williamson. 
You got Jackson Hayes out in Walker. New Orleans. Exactly. Yeah. So I understand the hype that goes around there. But when you look at the guys like Davis, you look at the guys like Boucher, OG, Johnson. Yeah, no one talked about OG. Like, he OG, looks much better this year. OG has been steady. Yeah. Like, he has been really helpful defensively. Well, he, he looks he, more, more willing to take a shot. Than last year. More willing to take shot. He looks like a matured athlete at this moment mm-hmm. in my mind. Yep. He looks he looks ready. I say probably not next season, but season after, mm-hmm. he has a shot of being a starter or at least off the bench getting twenty minutes a game. Well, yeah, he's again another late twenty five minutes. Twenty uh, third. Exactly. Yeah. Like they just, but yeah, he's not a draft well. All right, you want to talk about uh, Doncic being the new LeBron? Did you? See, he was the youngest player to record back to back to back triple doubles. Like that that trade, that their draft night trade of of Trey and Doncic is gonna be insane in a couple of years. It is now, but in like three or four years, that's gonna be like that's gonna be like two of the top ten players in the league traded for each other on draft night. Like I just, it's yeah, I like Trey. Hmm. But I think Doncic is just the better overall yeah. player just because of his size. Not yeah. to say Trey is incapable of <laughs> anything, but when you're looking on defense, I feel as if you can develop Doncic into a better defensive player than you could mm-hmm. Trey. Yeah, for sure. And but Doncic, Trey, he, he can play point guard, but he's 6'7". So he can, exactly. he can play three, three, four different positions. Like, you could easily play him against top guys, bigger guys. Yeah. He, I feel like insane. Trey's almost going to be more like a quieter, smaller James Harden. I was Where, just about to make that comparison. Yeah? <laughs> I was Where, just about to make that comparison to James Harden. A more efficient James Harden. Yeah. I feel like he – because Harden, he doesn't try on defense at all. Like he has no interest in defending. Where I feel like Trey – I haven't watched him a ton, to be, to be honest, but I feel like – he puts more of an effort into not being bad on defense, but he's still still jack up. He's almost like a cross between Curry and Harden because he's like, he has the range of Curry. Like I think he's, I think he's probably the second best three point shooter in the league right now in terms of just pure range, like how far he can go out. He hit, he hit from the logo tonight against the Raptors. The logo, this is a regular occurrence. And yeah. It's insane. It's like a Curry shit, but he'll, Curry's more a three point specialist and then he can run an offense. Where I feel like Trey's like he runs an offense, he scores. Like he is, he is the offense kind of thing. Where yeah, that's kind of how Harden is, which is why the whole Westbrook Harden thing was criticized so much. Because it's like, how the hell is it going to work? Seems working so far, but that's a weird duo in my mind. Yeah, but just they, because they want to make it work though, which is key. So like they'll put the effort in to to, to fix the efficiencies and stuff. You know. Yeah, yeah. I um, mean. It was good because I think Westbrook changed his mentality a little bit. Not going to say it's a drastic difference from when he was playing in OKC, but mm. when he was in OKC last season, I felt he was more so after the stats rather than the team yeah. play. Yeah. Like I think there's about three videos of him where he has a clear, easy bucket mm-hmm. and he chooses to pass it off to the three-point line or – you know, off. Yeah. He wants to, he wants to get a double. 
exactly. Yeah. Which it's a little upsetting. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's the NBA now. I feel like that's kind of why PG wanted out. Well, I mean, it's obviously more than that, but I feel like he he, he was impressed by the first year. He wanted to make it work, sign that the the deal, whatever. And he goes, you know what? Like, why am I here? Like, he, he I feel like Westbrook. He's he's one of the guys where it's like like raw stats, like boss score stats, great. Underlying advanced stats, terrible. Because he's again he's so inefficient, and I feel like George was kind of fed up with it. Like, why? Like, why are we trying to win here if you're just putting up stats and shit? And I feel like yeah, he just had enough and wanted out, which I understand. Uh, and then also you get a, get a chance to play with Kawhi. I mean, you kind of hard to turn that down. Like who'd you like? Like uh, the who'd you have? Westbrook or Kawhi? I'm going Kawhi. Just, yeah, exactly. So just because Kawhi, um, just because Kawhi focuses on the necessities he'll play lockdown defense for you when you need oh, it for sure yeah he's incredible on the offensive end as well mm-hmm. which got a lot better at like his shooting efficiency incredible oh yeah because he takes high high he, he's smart he he takes high efficiency looks like he's he plays the game intelligently his free throws are ungodly yeah well, do you remember the finals? He had the he missed one, and he knew he, as soon as he left his hands, he knew he was missing it, and goes up and gets the putback and, and another foul, and it's just yeah, he's, he's he's incredible to watch. Yeah, I think he's he's the best lockdown single hand defender in the league. Like he, just For because sure. of his hands, like it's just For sure. he's a menace. And his basketball IQ is incredible. Yeah, uh, yeah. He. LeBron has incredible IQ too, mm-hmm. but I feel like no, 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 no look passes. Yep. Yeah, like you can put Kawhi and LeBron side by side. I think as this with IQ. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Just understanding like, the game. Yeah. Well, they they have that workhorse mentality, you know. Exactly. Yeah. I wanted to touch on uh, the the game tonight, the Hawks game. DeAndre Hunter looks really good. I didn't. I was watching him, and he was like draining threes, like back to back to back. Like he was single handedly keeping the Hawks in that game until late. And I, I just, I haven't seen a lot of him just because I don't really watch many Hawks games. But he's a lot better than I thought he'd be. Many Hawks games. But uh, I said I don't think anybody watches too many Hawks (laughs) games. No, you're from Atlanta, but uh, (laughs) yeah, unless you're yeah, unless you're from Georgia, yeah, no, Um, yeah. But I just, yeah, I thought he stood out to me. He looked good. Yeah, no, I haven't actually been keeping up with Hunter lately, but I think he's kind of he was, he was, he was forgotten. definitely one of those guys to look out for. Yeah, oh yeah, because like in, in the the Duke hype of like Zion and then RJ exactly. Morant, like he was kind of he was the odd one out, you know. Exactly. Yeah, but I think in a vote, they actually the rookies voted Hunter to have the best overall career. Oh yeah. And like yeah, I think the rookies all voted Zion to win rookie of the year. Well, but they said that Hunter would have the best overall career once he retires. Yeah, which I, I found that. interesting because if if the rookies, so you know your draft mates, mm. realize the kind of player you have or the the potential that you have, it, you got to watch out for that player, which I feel like he is slept on, especially going to Atlanta now too. Yeah, 
Atlanta is not really a team to be contending. Um, and when, you, when you're not a top three pick, like, obviously, he still went really high. What was he, fourth? fourth. Yeah. Yeah. He's a really high pick, but mm. I don't know. He is slept on, though. Yeah. In my mind. Mm-hmm. I, I, just, I just thought he looked good. I wanted to talk about it. All right. Uh, any other? Oh, I'm going to talk about Pat Beverly. Did you see his flops? No. No, I haven't. But okay. it's also he, Pat Beverly. First off, hilarious. He's, he's crazy. He was, oh, yeah. He was guarding Harden. Which is, you know, uh, it's funny because Harden is the biggest flopper in the league. But he's he had two flops uh, in like three I don't nights. Know about that, you know. Oh, you watch it right now? No, no, no. I'm just saying. Oh. Um, I don't know about that because there's some pretty bad floppers in the league. Who do you think's worse than Harden? Worse than Harden? Yeah. Smart. Oh, that's yeah. You know what? Yeah, Marcus Smart is. Yeah, he flops a lot. Pretty bad. <laughs> LeBron, LeBron, at times, I'm not going to call he him. Picks his pocket. He, know, he knows how to sell a call. That's fair enough. Yeah, he, he doesn't, like, flop just – like, it was the first quarter of the game. Like, it wasn't like it was 10 seconds left to try and bite a call. Like, it was the first quarter of the game. It's like, what are you doing? He just – he gets tapped. Like, like I think he, he was guarding, I think, Jalen Brown. For the first time, like a couple of games ago, and he got tapped in the face, and then just throws his head back like he died, and then again, he, uh, it was a hard one. He get, I think he got tapped in the face or the neck, and then he just like just falls over, and it's just I just that's one of the reasons why soccer and well, I guess basketball as well get a bad name is because they people see that and they go, they, like well, I guess hockey fans don't only really watch those kind of sports. They see hockey players and they get they get like a, like they're bleeding and like skating to the bench and stuff, whereas. NBA players flop and all that, but you know what though? Yeah. I've seen it come up a bit in hockey too now. Yeah, it's just and it's seen. a little disappointing. It is, yeah. but for the most part, the referees actually do catch it. Yeah, which I like yeah. because now that stops the players as soon as they get the, those penalties. Mm-hmm. I think and the show realizes that like they don't want us to be an issue because they're I, I think they hand out fines a lot quicker than the NBA does. Exactly. And, stuff, they realize that and, and I feel that it also realizes that the fan base that they have is not going to respect the fact that the athletes playing in this type of league are hard. It's supposed to be a fast-paced, hard-hitting, physical game. Yeah. And when, yeah, when you start flopping, undermining Exactly. Them. If you have guys diving or snapping their heads back because mm-hmm. they got smacked with a stick, well, allegedly smacked with a stick or something. Yeah. You know, guys like Brad Marchand. Oh, God, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so, anything else? With the, uh, one more thing I want to talk about, uh, the NBA. Um, the new changes. Well, not new changes, but new proposed changes. So, they're talking about for the 2021-22 season, about adding an in-season tournament and as well as adding like a wild card play-in. And I was I was reading some comments on uh, some of the articles that are posted, and for the most part, people seem to hate it. And I understand it. Why you? The one of the weirdest things in sports for me is wild cards, especially in MLB. I, I, football, I understand because you can't have like a three game series. Like football is one game because of how how hard it is on the body. I understand that. 
But for the MLB, you have 162 games, and you have one game as a wild card determines your whole season. Why? Why not take off a few games of the, of the regular season and add on the playoffs? You want to play in fine. Make it a best of five, best of three. And I just I don't understand why the NBA wants to add add that. I, I don't I don't understand. And with the 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 mid season um, mid season tournaments, I just, why I just if you want to have a preseason tournament, fine. But why why are you putting it in the mid middle of the season? I just I don't I don't understand the logic behind these moves or why they they think this is necessary. In my opinion, yeah. Because every sports commissioner, as we all know, is just amazing at their jobs. Oh, yeah. Well, I think Silver's uh, the best, but of, of the commissioners. Yeah. Definitely better than Batman, that's for sure. Huh. Batman and Goodell are the worst. I think Manfred's decent at it. But I think, I think Silver has a good job. But just some changes are just a little, little confusing. I think he's proactive, like for the lottery. Like tanking is still happens, but New Orleans finished what seventh last, and they got the first overall pick. So I feel like it it, dis, it discourages teams from tanking that extra five games at the end of the season, which is good if that if that was they're going for. So I feel like he's proactive in that kind of way, which is 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 good for a commissioner, of course. For sure, yeah. but like like I was saying though, I feel as if a little bit has to do with. Oh, if you start a season, a mid-season tourney, or you know, a wild card, you're gonna push more games out of the players, and more games means more attendance. More attendance means more money overall. Yeah. Um, or I don't know. Sometimes commissioners just feel as if something has to be updated. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. It's kind of stupid. In my opinion, yeah. Because why would you make it in the middle of a season? That's what because I'm saying. If it's the that, preseason, I have no issue with it. Exactly. One, you're going to risk injuries. Yeah. If if the athletes start taking it seriously, well, and two, well, they're, if they're getting paid, they do. And if they're not, then what's the point of it? Exactly. And two, it's just going to add on to the fatigue and load management. It's yeah, and that's be- like what a month and a half away from playoffs. I think it's, I think it's supposed to be around February, the All Star break. So, See, yeah, no, that's just so, not going to work out. Yeah, like well, the NHL was talking about how they're going to do this with the World Cup. They're, they they want to um, do this whole either either, either I think it's in, the same in season uh, tournament with, with the World Cup, and they go okay, okay fine. That's because they want to generate revenue, or whatever. And um, yeah, I guess that's the only reason because they want to play the All Star Game. But then why do you want? Why aren't you letting go of the Olympics? There's an in season national tournament. So you're talking about injuries for a, for a disruptive tournament for injuries in the middle of the season, but you're scheduling one. I never did get over the uh, Winter Olympics when we weren't allowed to send our NHL players yeah. over. Yeah, me neither. I just it was disappointed. Just to fathom the thought of McDavid and Crosby, Stamkos, Hall possibly. All watching at home. Carey Price watch at home. Ben Scrivens! Is the Olympic goalie Ben Scrivens? Like you okay, so all of these Olympics are in Asia. Like they're in those countries where the NHL is pushing uh, marketing. Well, the but biggest way to market a game is have games play. over there, which we do with the Olympics. It just like, ruined the expansion for them. It did, and it just you're you're gifting you're gifting Russia a gold medal. 
because they they have no issue with sending the KHL guys there. So when as, as long as the NHL refuses to send send players to the Olympics, they're Russia gonna win gold every year. They have Kovalchuk, they've Datsuk, like they're gonna win every single year, and it's it's disappointing. It it, it means the medals mean less. I mean, not for Russia, them, Finland, but... Sweden, uh, not Sweden, but Switzerland. Yeah, like, like all these guys that they all have their own leagues. Yeah. And like all the, the top players that want to stay home, they do, which obviously is fine. But it punishes teams like Canada where all their best players are in the best league in the world, the NHL. And I just I don't understand why you want to you want to push to China, but then not send guys there to play. If you want to have these preseason games, mean nothing. Well, what's a player going to? What, what is a player going to try more in? An Olympic game where they're representing their their country, or a preseason game when they're representing the team. Like, I just it doesn't make sense. I I just I just want to take it back to when I was middle of my hockey career, mm. which wasn't a great one, but still <laughs> middle of it. Fourth line passes for a reason, right? Exactly, bud. All day, twenty ten Olympics. Yeah. Crosby scores that oh. beauty of an overtime goal. It's I think it's, it's one of my. It's I think it's the I think it's. Canada's best sports moment in ju- just ever. In just to do it in on, an Olympic on game. Yep. Uh, exactly. In overtime. Mm-hmm. Against the States. How versus the States? US. I just, like, the, the 72 Canada, the Canada, Canada Cup with Henderson. Like, yeah, that, that's up there. But in terms of what it meant to the country and where it was played, I think it's the best Canadian moment in history. And if they don't send the Olympic, that doesn't happen. Hands down. And you have the Russians winning the gold medal on Canadian soil. Like, I understand. I, I, what is, okay, so what if the Olympics, say the Olympics are, say in 2022, whatever it is, say for whatever reason it moves to the States. It's not going to happen, but say it moves to the States. You're telling me you're going to have a, a Winter Olympics in North America, anywhere, it's Canada or the States, have Olympics in North America and not have the players that are pl- currently playing there go. So they're not they're not gonna they're not gonna play. They're gonna watch what in the same arenas are being played because Olympics have to be played in NHL sized arenas. When you, you can't play it in in minor league arenas, so you're gonna have the NHL games played in professional arenas where the players are all playing like the next night or whenever a couple nights before and have them watch. So so when does this end? Does it is, is Batman gonna keep is he gonna keep them from going to Olympic until it comes back to North America? So like when does when does this end? Because I don't know if it will. It ends when Batman ends. Which is great. Because he's loved by the owners. Because he makes them money. Yeah. He's a good businessman. I have no, I have no doubt about that. I'm not, I'm, that's not, I'm not worried about the financial side. I understand that there's two sides to business. Yeah. But at the same time, if your fans aren't happy with you, mm-hmm. that business is going to start going down real yeah. fast. I, I feel like most NHL fans are hardcore, so I don't think that would happen. You'd have to really, really screw up for that to happen. But the salary cap, salary cap went down this year. So obviously, so, it's not, this is not a flourishing business like the NBA that they get a, a new TV deal in a couple of years and the cap's going to shoot through the roof. That's not happening with this. Like, I know they have a new t- TV deal coming up in a couple of years, whenever it is. But this is not – like the NBA is banking money every single year. They are, they are increasing their cap. Well, it's not really cap, but this is off cap. They're increasing revenue – like a lot every year. The NHL went down this year. A professional sports not going down. 
So obviously he's not doing a, great, a good enough job of marketing the, the, the league. It's just, it's not working. So if you're not, if he's not there for the players, he's obviously not because he's, he's, he's not letting them do things that they want, like the Olympics. So he's not there for the players. He's not there for the owners. He's not making money. What is he doing? He's not doing anything. That's exactly. the thing. I just, there's a lot of hate for him. Some of it's unfounded. But stuff like this, it's just, it's hard to like him. Like, he makes it really, really hard to like him. Man, the problem with focusing on businesses, it completely ignores what people fall in love with the game for. Which is why I'm going to take it back to that 2010, okay? Mm-hmm. That was the best moment of my life, <laughs> hands down. <laughs> yeah. Just a Canadian fourth line duster. <laughs> Seeing Sidney Crosby do that. Yeah. It's you know, it's just like, you know? exactly. Yeah. It's like, yo, you know, eight years from now, nine years from now, which is now, mm-hmm. I told myself, I was like, maybe I can do that. <laughs> how's, that how's that working for you? Oh, uh, you know, it's not bad. You know? <laughs> uh, we, we get out on the uh, canal sometimes out yeah. here in Ottawa. <laughs> now that it's freezing over. We're getting there. Give me a couple more years. I might. Uh, <laughs> might break into the league. Undraft. All right. You want to move on to. Uh, NH- oh, I guess we run the NHL now, but uh, Babcock in the Leafs. I know. Okay. Well, so we're from yeah, Southern before Ontario. Before we talk about Babcock, I just want to talk about this beautiful goal that Granlin just scored. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, backhand. Yeah. Beauty. And they uh, came right back for you, too. Um, so you yeah, know, I know I know a lot of these fans. So we're, yeah, we're from Southern Ontario, so we hear Leafs shit all the time, and it's never ending. But so I want to touch on that just kind of briefly, because this is like the Leafs fans have been calling for his head for almost a year and a half now. Like this is beginning of last year they were talking about how they should fire him. Less as less intense as they were the playoffs in last year, but I get what I feel like. It, I was I was surprised it waited. It was it was this long. I was thinking off season he was gone, but there's a report that apparently because the Leafs won Game Five on the road and they took a three two series lead, that they were impressed enough they wanted to keep him. Which I I kind of understand, but if you're thinking of firing that point, just do it. Like I just I don't understand why waiting 23 games in and then firing him because obviously he's not here for the long term. Because thinking about firing and his job his job was relied upon winning the Boston series. And he didn't. And he still kept his job. So if you beat Boston and you go on to play Tampa or uh, Columbus, then fine. But I just – I don't – you lose to Boston, what, three years in a row, two years in a row, whatever it is. I just – I don't understand why you wait until now. I think if, if Keith had the team at the start of the year and he's working on them throughout the offseason, I think they're probably for, tied for – or at least near, near the top of the Atlantic and the league with Boston right now. Can they turn it around? It looks like it, but they'd be farther ahead than they are right now Have they just got rid of back off in the offseason. You're paying him all that money. Yeah, that's part of it. the yeah. experience that he's had. Mm. I feel like Kyle Dubes just wanted to maybe give him a shot, to be honest. Because at the I end of the day, it's Mike Babcock. He yeah. coached Team Canada. Mm-hmm. For two Olympic gold medals. Want to call him Detroit? Yep. I feel He's like proved himself as a coach. 
Oh, for sure, yeah. He like he's he can win. It's just I feel like he wore out wore out his welcome. Like just watching these games, the team. This is like a new Toronto team. Like this is not like this. this Which this is an incredible team, playoff. may I say? Like with Tyson Berry and Alex Kerfoot. Yeah, it's a beautiful team in a way. Like Nylander's actually starting to do stuff. Well, he's not joining the team in the middle of the beginning of the summer anymore. He has a full off season to, you know, get in shape. And Morgan Riley is just Morgan Riley. You know, you have a solid defenseman in Muzzin. Yep. You have an incredible goaltender in Anderson, which stands on his head every single game. At this point. Every single game, day in, day out, stands on his head. It's yeah. incredible to watch. Well, then he you have 45 shots a game. Not more, but like they just they're get, they get shelled. And they, they're lying them because I feel like it's, it's, I don't think it's ever been – well, I guess last year. But this year, it's never been about they don't have enough good defensemen. They just, it's a whole team defense just wasn't a thing. And you have all these defensemen that are moving the puck. Okay, that's good. But I saw a goal. Um, it was, it was, this was before Babcock was fired. I, I think it was Barry and Muslin on the ice. Both of them were past the puck when, it, when, when they turned it over. Like, they were acting as forwards. They're both leaving. I think it was – might have been Janssen. I'm not sure. It was one, of, one of the forwards well, – actually, I think it was Kerfoot. One of the forwards had the puck behind it. He was the last guy back, and he tried to pass it or whatever it was, and he got, he got deflected or whatever, and they turned around and shot it one in the net. I can't remember who it was against. But they just – I feel like they weren't either, – either they weren't listening to Babcock because they were just sick and tired of hearing, of hearing him, or he just wasn't – maybe he's just not good on, like, defense as a coach. Like, they just – they always felt like they were – first off, the starts. They, they never started a game on time, ever. They were the worst team in the league at allowing, for, allowing the first goal of the game. I think they allowed 19 of, of – 19 of uh, however many games they played, like 23 or whatever. 19 times they've allowed the first goal. This is a championship team, or supposedly. This is a contending team they want to be. They're allowing the first goal of the game 19, 23 times. That's insane. You can't – Make the you can't make the playoffs. Never mind win a division like that. And I don't know if it's people talk about oh it's the cannibalism the players. Yeah, they cannibalism the players. They got to be ready to play games. But when you're consistently bad for two three seasons at the same thing, it it falls on the coaching staff. Like the the PK like seventy percent. It's terrible. Yeah, I understand. They fired the PK coach. They fired the power play coach. They got two new ones. That's fine. But it, 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 first, they, they, always, they report to the head coach. And when it's this big of an issue, it's, it's on him. It, like, it's, it's just not anymore about accounting the players. This is the players are not ready. They get paid to be ready, yes. But they, they need help or something from a coach. Like, what's the point of a coach if, if the players wants to do everything themselves? Like, the po- coach gets paid too. And you pay all this money. And I feel like when, when, they, when they first signed Babcock, this was like the Leafs were the worst team in the league. This is before Matthews, and they were they were terrible. And I, obviously, they got Matthews their first overall pick. And when they got to Babcock, it's like, oh, he's gonna take us to the promised land in in five years or whatever it is. We're gonna have all these young players, and he's gonna win. And, and like, you know, not to throw Babcock down because mm-hmm. he did obviously improve the team. Yeah, they made the playoffs like a year before they were supposed to. But they also drafted phenomenal players. Oh yeah, Matthew like Marner Lander, at fourth overall steal. So yeah, 
Like, and, and, and I hundred percent agree with you. Team. Like, obviously, your players can have the highest hockey IQ ever. Mm-hmm. You know, Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, but without a game plan in place, without Tact- tactics, without any guidance whatsoever, those players are going to follow whatever you tell them. So if you tell them to collapse in front of the net or you tell them to push high, you tell them to pinch, they're going to do what you tell them. They have to. Or else you get exactly. Back. Exactly. He's, he's ruthless with his benching. Like, they, they, I think it was the first I think it was the first game of the year. They're playing, they're playing the Senators. He benched Spezza. But he played them the next game. And it's like, I just, he didn't understand. He didn't understand when to play players. Or how to how to deploy them? I think, and it was just like oh, I watched the uh, I watched um, part of the uh, well most of the uh, Avalanche Leafs game today, and they just look so much more calm. They're 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 confident with a the puck. They're not rushing it up. They're not trying to dump it in and just go chase and everything. They're they're valuing possession, and I feel like that's one of the most important things. That's number one overlooked, and number two with this team. What the what the biggest improvement is is the the emotion of the team, the mentality of the team, and taking care of the puck. And they didn't do that. Before. You know what though, as an Edmonton fan, mm-hmm. it's also when your team isn't doing good, and you've tried to make changes to it, and they still haven't improved. Yeah. Sometimes the players might just need that kind of shock. Kicking kick the ass, yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, all right, let me fire the coach or let me fire the GM, which Edmonton knows all too well. I think we've grown accustomed <laughs> to it. Yeah. But um, with without Babcock now, I think I feel as if the players are like, oh snap, we actually have to play. Yeah. We have to calm down. We have to trust ourselves, mm-hmm. and just a fresh page for them now. I feel. Well, I was uh, – well, it's, it's, like, it's like a lesser extent when you pull the goalie. You know, say, say he allows three quick goals, it's five minutes into the game, you're down 3 nothing, And he, all the goals aren't his fault. Well, you're not pulling them because he's bad. You're pulling them because the team is playing like dog shit. They need to wake up. So it's, it's like you change something where it's not all their fault. Are the goalie letting in the goals? Yeah, so it's probably their fault. But say they're just – they're breakaways. Say all three are breakaways. Well – it's the team they're all three on O's. Like. Yeah. So the, it's not all the coach's fault, but it's partly his fault. And so you have to do something and you can't just, you can't overhaul the whole team. Like this is a talented team that can win. They can win. They can win the cup. I have no doubt about that. If they all play to their potential, like their forward core can go toe to toe with Tampa as the best in the league. They have Tavares. Their, oh, I guess Martin Matthews on their second line. That's insane. So it's not, it's, there's, there's accountability to players, but there's also, when you look at it and you go, you know what, there's something wrong here. These players should not be, they were what, 9, 10, and 4? Like, they, this team should not be below 500 ever at any point in the season, besides after the first, like, five games. And at that point, it's, you got to do something. And firing Babcock's the, the only logical solution that's not completely out of the question, I think. And I think it was, for a lot of these fans, it's like about time. So I think Keith's Keith's a good coach. He was he was with uh, Dubis when they were both uh, for the Sioux with the Greyhounds. He won. He, he I think he, he took over the Marlies in 2015, I believe. Won. And the Marlies are doing. What's that? And I said the Marlies have been doing 
pretty damn yeah. good. They won the Calder Cup in 2018. So three years exactly. after he takes over, they win a cup. So he has that champion experience. He knows how to win. So I think, yeah, I think it's a good move. I think he should have done it in the offseason, but it is what it is. They're 2 you know, They've beaten Coyotes, who are not a bad team, and the Avalanche, who are a really good team. So I think this team's going to switch up the standings fast. Like, I think he's going 10 and 1 in their phenomenal. Philip Grubauer and what's his name? Francois? Fran- oh, Fr- Francois or whatever. Yeah, the backup. Yeah. yeah. He shocked me. I, I didn't know what to expect from him being a new goalie. Yeah. Grubauer or Francu? But uh Francu. Yeah. But he's a really good goalie. So they have yeah. two he's really solid. Powell, so I think he's in the KHL or something. Really? Yeah? I'm, I'm gonna look it up. No idea. But I oh, was he's Czech. shocked. He's Czech. So he's playing yeah. in the he's he's twenty nine, so he's not a rookie. They're both he's, they're both out. I think they're both playing. Uh, they have uh, what's his name now, Warner or something like that in net. Oh, but, yeah, he's he's their third string. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, Colorado surprised me. Like they're they're they like were a, season, they in the West. but they also kind of what Edmonton's doing this season. They relied heavily on that Landeskog McKinnon Lantern yeah. line. Mm-hmm. But this year, they actually added a little bit more depth, you know? Mm-hmm. Now they have Jost, you have Kadri. Yep. Like, well, Jost was there, but he's, he's gotten better because he's young. You know? Exactly. He, he, he's gotten that experience, that improvement, especially yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, which is huge. I saw him grow a lot. Well, McCarr, more. McCarr, add him in the playoffs. That's, that's, he's looked great. I didn't think he'd be that good. He looks really good. McCarr has been phenomenal. He stepped in right out of college, and he's quarterback on playoffs. In the, or he quarterback a – a power play, like, I don't know if he was in the playoffs, but he is this year. Like, he's running the power play, and he's, like, 21. I feel like, at the moment, fair comparison is, like, Morgan Riley. Yeah. I think, and yeah, they have I similar... Like he similar has the potential time. to actually be better than Riley. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. Because Riley has plateaued over the last two seasons, I feel. Well, last or year he did go to the season. Last... He was like a, almost a Norris candidate, but... Yeah, I, I see the, the similarities. Both but yeah, great both. offensively, but still solid defensively. It provides enough on offense where it offsets mediocre defense, yeah. Speed hands, yeah. a nice wrist shot. Yeah, yeah, the Avs, they look they look good this year. I think they can win the West. If everyone stays healthy. Is Lannisog, I think he's still out. I'm not hey, sure if Ranton's back. But... Listen, you need to relax, buddy. Edmonton's winning the West. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, but... I, I forgot. They got to make you the can, playoffs first. You can say they're conference finals contender, you know. The others? Oh, for sure. Yeah. If they keep playing like they are, they can – I mean, they're make the playoffs. I mean, unless, some, unless something drastic happens, they're going to make the playoffs. So, and at that point, McDavid takes over, anything can happen. You have the best player in the league on your team. He can, uh, he can single-handedly win a series for you, I think. McDavid has single-handedly been winning every single – well, McDavid, Dreisaitl. Yeah, pretty much. But I think, yeah, Colorado, they still have a oh, – they have a ton of cap, too. Like they they can, they can go after somebody. I don't know who they're going to go after this this year because I don't I don't know if I don't know as many uh, big name. I think John Carlson's coming up. I think Backstrom's coming up. I think he's going to resign. But they they got some cap space to weaponize. I think Joe Joe Sack is one of the best GMs in the league. Like that, not- that McKinnon deal is insane. Like McKinnon's on probably the best the best contract like in the league. Makes Dubas look like an idiot. Yeah. Oh God. 
Took him to start on like Dubas could probably have saved himself. First off, he should not have signed Nylander. I was just about to say he yeah. should have started with that Nylander deal. That was that's what started all this. Terrible. You just you know what? It's December first comes. He goes here. It's my final offer. Six million for five years, whatever, whatever he offers. You don't want it? Go sit at home, because he just after that 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 ups the price for Matthews, which then up, ups the price for Marner, and he could have saved himself four million, I think five million for fun. Like all, all I'm gonna say is, Marner's a great player. Yeah, but not worth that much money. Uh, period. No, because the if, thing is, if it, you sign Leon Dreisaitl for eight million, well, that was an overpayment at the time. Yeah, that, I yeah. don't care how much inflation the league has. It's only been two years. Well, they they signed him after one year. Period. That was the issue. It, after one good year with Dreisaitl. Well, <laughs> all I know is we got another couple of years of Dreisaitl McDavid. Oh, well, it, it looks it looks great now. Yeah, that was that was a good deal. I just. The thing with Marner, if he hits the open market, he gets that ten point eight, whatever it was, like that. That's a fair deal as an as an UFA, but as a restricted free agent with no other teams besides maybe Colorado, but I don't think they offer. That's not Sackick's mo to to offer all those draft picks for for Marner. So without with no competition to sign him, I just I he's he's not worth more than like nine, and they gave him two three million more than they should have. They should have dropped Matthews down. Tavares, you have to sign for that much because he's a UFA. But again, he's coming home. He wants to come home. So you don't have to offer him that much. You can offer him a little bit less. Is he worth it? Yeah. But I just he's a, I think Dubas is a good GM because he like he uses analytics. He like he understands that. But he's just he's terrible at negotiating. He's good at trading. He's good at negotiating with GMs, but he's not good at negotiating with player agents. I don't know what what it is. Like the the whole the Barry uh, Kadri deal, I think Toronto won that fairly handed. Hands down. Like they got, I think Tyson Barry's a f- great. Yeah, Barry's, Barry's the best player. Um, amazing yeah. defenseman. I think, in terms of when you when you consider suspensions and all that, they got <laughs> the two best players in that trade in uh, Barry and Kerfoot because Kerfoot, he's not going to be stupid. Like how Kadri is in the playoffs, they they had to get rid of Kadri because he's being an idiot. So when you count that in, you, they got rid of what, I think Callie Rosen, who's not bad, but he's not great. You get the two best players in that trade, so they won that trade handedly. They need defensemen. They give up their third line center, who's overpaid, not in general, but as a third line center. So you make a good trade, but then you ruin it by going and making three terrible tra- deep contracts. And I just don't understand what it is about him that he can't make a contract. Or he can't sign a good contract, but he has all these trades. I just I don't I don't get it. I, don't I feel it he's he's a young GM. He understands the game very well. Yeah. Oh yeah. But sure, yeah. I feel, I feel as if he feels pressure that, especially over the years, Toronto struggles and struggles over and over again. Especially mm-hmm. when it comes playoff time against Boston. Oh, yeah. Because we all know how that goes. Yep. So when he saw the opportunity to sign his core and to add on to it. We had, he had that quote, we can and we will. Like, exactly. 
that was that was dumb to say. But the thing is, you can't now. Your salary cap is going down the drain. It's ter- It's it's bad. Like if they get rid of CC, they have four million to play with. And I just, I think if they, if they properly, because Barry's not resigning. Unless you you cough up, you somehow create three three four million extra. I think he's making like four four and a half now. He's signing for seven for fun, like that. You're not gonna get him back at that at that dollar. So I feel like you know if what? you restructure the contract, you can't restructure. But if you, if you if they somehow end up winning the cup, maybe Tyson Berry signs for less maybe. just to stay on the championship contending team. But at the same time, but that's that's a big if. That's not in the playoffs right stretch. now. Right? Like they got, they got some work to do. But I just, I feel like if you shave off a million, I say, I think million and a half off Willie's and Marner's contract, that's three, and maybe I don't know, one off Matthews, that's four million extra. You add that to get rid of, get rid of CC, that's four and a half. That's nine and a half million to play with. You add, you give an extra five to the Barry to keep him around for eight million, whatever it is, or. ACS four, so you have like a couple million to play with to add depth. You have another defenseman to add for two million bucks. And I just they he overpaid, and I don't know what it is about him. Besides, maybe the quotes of "we will, we will, and we can, or can and we will." I feel like he just has no leverage in con- contract negotiation, and I don't understand why. He he has all leverage. He's a GM, but he doesn't use it. He just needs a negotiator, and you know what? Yeah. If, uh- if Kyle Dubas is listening to this podcast for some reason, uh, buddy, I'll, I'll be your contract negotiator anytime. Yeah, sign me up. I feel like he's too. I, I like the whole thing about him being young. I think he's too emotional, and he just wants to get it over with. That's fine, but I think he's also very hungry for a ring, and he's hungry to prove that well, he yeah, can. Yeah, yeah, yep. He can make a championship team, which I respect. Oh, but sure. it also yeah. needs patience. It needs negotiation. And you can't be paying Marner big money like that. Ten, yeah, 10.8. And you can't be paying yeah. Nylander that kind of money either. He's not, he's not, he's not worth that. They should have let him He was bad last year. He, they wouldn't have made the team any better. He, he literally had no impact. Kapanen no. has the same impact as he does, if not more. Yeah. I feel like they're they're pretty comparable. Captain makes what he signed for what three and a half. Yep. Willie's worth maybe five. You know he was eighth overall pick. He's got a big. He's a big name player. So you know he's worth at least five. But I think he signed for like seven or eight. And I just and the respectable thing about Captain too is he actually took a cut on yeah. his signing this season. Well, he has to. Where else they will leave? He's restricted. Where else is he going to go? No one else can sign him unless, unless you're off an offer sheet, which is almost non-ex- non-existent. Go to the KHO. Yeah. Or even better, pull a Jesse Pugliarvi. Go back to Finland. Oh, God, I don't talk about that. <laughs> I just – And I just want to trade him. Because the yeah. thing is, he's amazing in the Finnish league. He's a good player. He just didn't fit into Edmonton. No, he didn't fit into Shrelly. They took him because the name – and they didn't use him properly. And McClellan did not know what he was doing in terms of Playarvi, at least. But. You know who I'm excited for? Yamamoto. He's a small guy, but he's quick. He's Yeah. yeah next he, he looks pretty good. Next he's season. He's a player to play with McDavid. 
I guess you have dry shadow, but he's a, he's the type of player that you can keep up with him. Like, and I thought Jesse Pugliarvi was going to be that guy. Big body. You thought Lucci can be that guy. Not you, but the team. Look how that oh, worked out. Goodness. Whoever. <laughs> ever since we got Lucci, I was like, fuck you, fuck you. I hated that decision so much. And, and we all know it was just Shirelli. Oh, yeah. He'd be an idiot. I, I, it, another thing about, like, whole, the Babcock took, like, you know, it took him 23 games to fire Babcock. It took him, like, two, two seasons more than it should have decided to fire Shirelli. It was amazing how he still had a job. I can't believe that we kept him off for so long after he made just, that Hall trade. It was unbelievable. I Halls think, for Larson, one yeah, for one. Are you I kidding think me? They traded – I think the next offseason, they traded I, – I don't know if it was the Reinhardt deal or the Hall deal, but it was one of those trades. And then, like, four days later, it was the Lucci signing. And you know in, what? In a week, they ruined the team. The Reinhardt deal – Oh, my God. Can you imagine Barzell in the Oilers right now? With McDavid. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't need, need Drysdale on that line if you have Barzell. Barzell is center second line. The thing is, I, I can somewhat understand. It's like, okay, yeah, Barzell, he's good. He's a good prospect. But, you know, we trade him. Well, not trade him, but we trade his pick for Griffin Reinhardt, who is also, you know, Good prospect, good defense. I can't even. I can't even lie. You can't even lie. Like he was picked fifth overall, so he had. He like, like he was a good lockdown defenseman. He was in yeah. In junior. Exactly. Yeah. Like he, he didn't play. He didn't play in the minors with the Oil Kings. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was a uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Right. Yep. Or no. Yeah. Yeah. Oil Kings. Right. Yep. Yeah. Like I just. And he led Team Canada one goal, right? Who won gold that year? All the World Juniors? Yeah, when he was captain. Was he captain? Yeah. Oof. Yeah, okay. he went downhill pretty fast. I mean, it's totally Curtis Lazar, but... Uh, yeah, I just... Yeah, there's been a couple of us. Yeah. Well, I think he's... Lazar is like... Isn't he... He's on the fourth line somewhere. Oh, I can't remember where it is. Maybe like Calgary at this point. I think he scored his first goal not too long ago too with his new team. I can't remember where. where I want Oh, Buffalo. That's right. He's in Buffalo. There we go. Yeah. I was gonna say Carolina for some reason. No, was, oh. yeah, he was he was picked what 17 overall. Yeah, him and him and Ron Hurt on the Oil Kings. So uh, anything else on? Um, what do you want to talk about the Oilers game right now? The uh, Vegas. I feel like we should talk about the Oilers. You know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about just the Oilers. And the, what? I just want to talk about how much of a mess it was. I don't even know what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Mike Smith's inconsistency. You know what? The floor is yours. Go ramp with the Oilers. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know, right now, Tippett doing a phenomenal job. Yep. Our defense... Our defensive mentality, I should say, is great. And the ability for him to adapt our game plan for whatever team we're playing, yeah, incredible. Um, like, he utilizes our speed, especially with the new youth that's coming in. And with Haas and Nygaard coming in from Europe, they're mm-hmm. amazing skaters. Like, Yeah, I heard that. Uh, 
And I was expecting a lot more, especially from that preseason when we got – I won't lie, I was really excited to see what uh, Thomas Yerko or Yercho, whatever, however you want to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. I was excited to see what he brings to the table because he was fast, had hands, he could shoot the puck. He was a solid third-line player. Uh, I feel like he was going to lead that third line. Is he still on the team? Or is no. He, he, uh, I don't know if he scratched or if he got sent down. Yeah, but um, he's he's not in the lineup anymore, which kind of disappoints me because he just he's had a really hard time these past games getting any kind of points up. Yeah, but well, he was he's a, a a rare Red Wings bust. But you know, when I saw that preseason, I was like, okay, James Neal, he can score. Granlin, he's a solid player. Great, Kara. Nuge, like we're gonna have depth. We're not gonna just rely on Connor McDavid to put the team on his shoulders mm-hmm. and lug us through the entire season and then playoffs, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But it turns out that's exactly what's happening this year, and it's kind of disappointing to see because. Well, I feel like Cassian's. He's he's, he's helping. Cassian's phenomenal, but yeah. he's also on the first line with Drysaddle and McDavid. Who well, Nuge had a good year. Who can both pass the puck? Don't get me wrong, Cassian's a phenomenal player. Yeah, he, he can hit, good. he can skate, he can stick handle to a certain level. He turned his career on fast. Oh, one hundred percent. I feel like you know what though, Cassian. He's always been that player from Peterborough to the Spitz. He was good. He mm-hmm. was captain in Peterborough actually. Was he? Yeah, and you know he won the Memorial Cup with the Spitz. Like hit against Russia. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he bounced around. What was it? Vancouver, Buffalo, and he was drafted Montreal. by Buffalo. Traded Vancouver for oh another for bust. Hodgson. I can't remember who it was. Hodgson. Hodgson. Cody Hodgson. Oh my God, he was yeah. so frustrating to watch. Oh, and then I think they let him go. He was he was in. He went to Montreal. Yep, Montreal. Then he then he got into some what was it DUIs or something like that. Uh, yeah, you. something like that. Yeah. He got into some trouble. Did he go to Nashville or, or was that somebody, must be somebody else? I don't think he went to Nashville. I think he went to Edmonton right after that. Yeah, and that right, yep. year, yeah, and then that year we made playoffs and I started to get like a The first year you got cast in the year made the playoffs? Either the first or second year. I, I can't remember now. Oh, I don't know it. But yeah, he's, he's been a solid player. He's what but you wanted really Luke to be. Stride. He's really hit full stride now, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's like he's yeah. kind of what what you what they signed Lucic to be. He's what Cassian's doing right now. Bro, don't even mention Lucic, okay? We <laughs> just got to steal him with Neil. Oh my god, he's oh. How about Calgary right now? We we got to drop both Tobias Reader and Milan Lucic. Well, Reader just had a contract. He didn't add him to the trade or anything. It was it was Lucic. Like you know, Calgary for Neil. I feel so bad for Calgary, but I'm also. Like, I don't. Fuck him. It's Calgary. <laughs> That's actually so fair. <laughs> I don't know why I feel bad for Calgary as an Edmonton fan, but Canadian sympathy, I guess. I felt honestly, I felt bad for Rita last year. You obviously saw the comments about. Uh, uh, yeah, that, in my opinion, that's unacceptable. Yeah. Like he was, he wasn't Especially, screwing around. Like 
Like, he just had a bad it's, year. Like. Exactly. It's not like he didn't want to score. You can't just make <laughs> Yeah, he's not, up. like, missing it on purpose. <laughs> like, come on. Like, no. He, he, he tried. Like, he like, was trying. He was putting in an effort, which I respected. But at the Why same time. being the reason you missed the playoffs is laughable. Like, that's just, that's just that's, ridiculous. No, we had just terrible team play all in all. Our power yeah. play – no, sorry, not our – our penalty kill oh, was – Oh, God. Was it like 60% of home or something? Yeah, it was the best and the worst in the league. Yeah, best on the, best on the road. At the same the time. Ever. Yeah. That's, it, it was that's just, the, that is a co- coaching issue. It was a big mess is what it was. And, yeah. But, yeah, this year – I don't know. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I feel as if our more depth players like Granlin can start picking it up a little bit, and which I feel he, he has started, or Kara. Kara started too. Yep. Neil's been pretty consistent. Nuge. Well, he's he's been running the second though. line. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Neil, Nuge, they've been pretty consistent. Kara's been going off lately. That looks good. You get Haas in there or Nigard in there just skating, setting them up. Yeah. I feel as if our offense our offense is pretty solid. Power play's been phenomenal lately. And yeah, that, was, that was an issue. Yeah. Defense has been looking pretty pretty decent. Yeah, Jones um, and Bear are surprising. Oh my goodness. Bear is incredible. I didn't. I didn't really hear about him, but uh, my dad, yeah. who's also an Oilers fan, he he was raving about him. I'm like, I haven't even, I haven't really watched him play, or whatever. And yeah, he, he really has good. been everything I wanted Matt Benning to be. Where is Matt Benning? He was he was pretty good. What happened to him? He's still good. It's just after that playoff year, yeah, he, he kind of just plateaued. He didn't really improve. He didn't get better. He just stayed at the same level. Which obviously is not a bad level, but it's it's not where I saw his potential to be. I, I saw Matt Benning being a lot better than what he is. Kind of came out of nowhere too. You know, him and Clefbaum. I saw him and Clefbaum both being better. Clefbaum's an interesting case. Yeah, because he's injured a lot. Um, but the and I feel as if those injuries kind of put a halt on his growth. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's been an interesting season so far. I want Chieson to start doing a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Start start looking like himself from last season. He was great last season. I was, they yeah. should have carried the deadline, but I guess they resigned him. But yeah, he's they saw his potential. You know, he, he he can score if you set him up at the right places. Mm-hmm. He's a solid guy to have on a power play. Um, you know, yeah, just take him from the net. Exactly. Yep. He's a good, you know, second power play guy to replace Neil in front of the net. Yeah. Which, by the way, Neil has been crazy in front of the net. Yeah, he's he's, he's like tapping goals left and right. Oh yeah. I just I don't I don't never I never understood. Okay, so the whole reason that Neil had a bad year last year was he was fourth line the entire season. Exactly. Like he goes to Calgary. Like he signs in Calgary because Vegas, I think Vegas wouldn't give him a fourth year on his contract, fourth or fifth year. I don't remember what it was. I think it was and the fifth year. Was the fifth year? Yeah. yeah. So Calgary gives him the fifth year because he wants to play in the first line with Boudreau and, and Monahan. And then 
he gets stuck on the, the third line, fourth, fourth line because they wanted because uh, uh, Peters, who's a Calgary or a Carolina guy, wanted Lindholm, who they got from Carolina, put him on the first line. So you sign a guy to have a role. You know he, he's, he's, he's money for 20 goals a year for almost his entire career. And then you put him in a, in a role he's not comfortable with, and you wonder why he's struggling. Well, what do you expect? He's like, he's a, not a third-line player. I, just, no, he, I feel as if he's at home in Edmonton. Not as much as he was in Vegas. Because in Vegas, Vegas, he just popped off. Yeah. My gosh, he was crazy in Vegas. The whole team was just an anomaly. Then Jonathan Marcheseau was just... I remember when he was... In, in like NHL, like 14 or whatever, he still had it was Jonathan Odie Marshall Show. He still had the Odie in his name, and he, he was like a four, he was like a second line minors player in Columbus. And Jeez. all of a sudden, he goes to Florida, Florida, right? Yeah, yeah, and he's just good. And I just I don't understand how these players they're just they're so bad at one team and then they go somewhere else and like they're stars, like he's a legitimate first line right winger. Can you imagine him and Riley Smith still in Florida right now? How good Florida's doing? You add those two? Jeez. Yeah. I, yeah, I no. Why you heard of them. Sometimes it's just a scenery change, right? Yeah. Sometimes a team just isn't home. Example, Puyi Army. Yep. Like, you can have all the potential skills in the world, but if you're not playing with the right teammates or if you just don't feel at home in the city that you're playing – it's sometimes it's a mental game, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I can't explain it, but it happens all the time. Often. Yeah. Do you want to rant on uh, Mike Smith? I was actually just about to get to that. I was, there you go. <laughs> I was gonna say if uh, you know if we have that depth players coming in, and then Mike Smith can become a little bit more consistent. I'm not talking about him getting one goal a game or a shadow every night. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see that, but it's also unrealistic. Yeah. But I just want him to get a little bit more consistent because yeah, he'll play two, he'll play two godly games. Like the man will stop every shot that comes his way. Mm-hmm. I've seen Mike Smith make some incredibly acrobatic stops yeah. for his age. He's old, yeah. And then the next game, he goes and does something stupid, like play the puck <laughs> on his blue line and giving it to Drew Doughty. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if he can improve his consistency, yeah. we have a shot at playoffs. That's all I'm saying. Oh, no, I think a playoffs are almost a lock at this point. I don't see two, three better teams in the, in the Pacific. Like, I think you've got a division spot almost locked up. As long as McDavid doesn't get hurt, like, I don't see any reason for this. Yeah, I'm not going to second round exit. Get the depth going, get yeah. consistency in net. Yeah. This team has very high potential. For sure. Get some players to play, you know, third line, second line a little bit. I mean, we have Sheehan, we have Chiesa, we have Kara, we, you know, we, we yeah, have. You for sure, yeah. But they're also struggling. So if we can just pick up one or two players that can give us 15 or, you know, 15 goals a season, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that at all. Yeah. I think Holland makes a move at the deadline. 
grabs like a depth winger, maybe not in a middle defenseman. Not not much, just like a like a yeah. third, fourth line. <laughs> and then I see all those uh, all those rumors about Taylor Hall coming back too, but on the off season, yeah. There, no, I don't. Feel, I don't feel as if he would make the team better. Hall. Obviously, he'd make the team better, but I don't know if he would fit in again just because I don't see him replacing Dreisaitl on the first line anymore. Do you think Dreisaitl can play the left, the right side? Well, make Hall plays the left. You, you know what you can do? You can put uh, Hall with Nuge on the second line. See, I was thinking that. Yeah. The thing is, can you afford him? Because you have to have someone on defense. No. Exactly. Our, our cap space is shit. Well, yeah, because you're paying McDavid twelve and a half million a year, which is which one thousand percent deserved. Beyond, so, so. He's worth twenty million a year, really. Thirteen for him is absolutely nothing. Yeah. He is, in my opinion, at the moment, the best player in the league. He's been the best player in the league for like three seasons, two seasons. I think the at the off season after his rookie year is when he became the best player in the league. And, and and don't even forget his rookie year. He also got that collarbone injury, which yeah, kind of stopped him from. And they traded for the guy that injured him because I, I we traded for him, and we've been we started him for a couple games you know too. Great on the team right now, Drake Kajula. We traded Brandon Man yeah. before. Yes, I know <laughs> Drake Kajula would be amazing right now. Drake Kajula was that guy that I was talking about. He could score. He's that, 10. Yeah. Goals on the season on the third or second line. I never understood why they got rid of him. Because Peter Shirelli is dumb. <laughs> yeah, he's he not understand uh, the game of hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he ruined Boston. He inherited a good team and then dismantled it for no reason. Yeah, I don't know. You know who Taylor Hall would be a good fit on? Colorado. Yeah. Can you imagine him? Can you imagine him on the second line? All that speed on Colorado. Exactly. Oh don't don't touch the first line. That, that, that's working, but like, just on the on the power play, Hall and McKinnon on the same line. Yeah, that's gotta be one of the fastest lines in the league if, if that were to happen. What the fuck is Mike Smith doing? Oh, <laughs> you just saw him uh, handling the puck and they had a delay penalty. Yeah, while he was getting to the bench. Yeah, <laughs> you're 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 like about a minute behind me. I just saw that. Oh yeah, yeah. it's because I'm streaming the game, so oh, I got a, a lag. I was I was I was watching him do that. I was wondering if you were gonna say something about that. I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Uh, he loves handling the puck, man. He wants to be a defenseman, honestly. Like, he was really good in Arizona, or I guess it was called Phoenix back then. Yeah. With no, guy, he was weird conference final run for no reason. But he was a really good. I mean, the age has caught up to him. Yeah. But he, he he's also been on two teams where, well, no, you know. Calgary was pretty solid defensively until it came to playoffs. And then it switched, and he was really great, and the team was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I think because he was good in the playoffs with Arizona, or Phoenix, too. Oh, he was great in the playoffs. If you can get to the great. playoffs, which is looking almost certain at this point, having him in net's not, not a bad great. idea. Yeah, no, if we, can, if we can make a move before the deadline, just someone on defense somehow. Get Kajula get, get back. <laughs> yeah, if we can get Kajula back for, I I I would trade like Sheehan or like Nigard or to Chicago. Just give him like a fourth round pick or something. They're rebuilding. Yeah, they'll take that. 
Uh, anything else? Any other other rants? Yeah, we should pick up both. Actually, I don't know about Joshua saying anymore. I was going to say Joshua saying would be a good fit because he played with McDavid up in juniors, but I feel as if he's not the not, type. Did he go to Erie? I thought he was in Windsor for a while, but. Yeah, he was in Windsor. Was he, he was in Windsor and then went to Niagara. McDavid played for Erie, though. Yeah, but I'm talking about, like, before that. I'm talking, like, AU. Oh, like in Toronto and stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. Really, really throwback. Yeah. So you know he what? has. He he'd be a good addition if he wasn't a head case. Like you just figured out the culture of this team. I don't think adding somebody that show has shown a lack of respect, I guess, for the game or just an unwillingness to do what it takes to win. I feel like adding yeah. that is kind of not not a great idea at this point, especially the mid season. That's that's why I was saying I don't think it's a great idea. When it first came out that they were that Islanders were gonna release Hosang, I was like, Oh, you know what? Not a bad pickup if we can pick him up. But the more I thought about it, it was really bad idea. You stick on the minors for a year or two. Or you know, get pick on the offseason. I mean, he's been in the minors for Islanders for a lot of seasons. He tears it up because he's good. But he just doesn't understand. I don't know if it's still, still the partying thing that it used to be or if he just doesn't care. No and idea. I, just, I don't understand how you have that much talent and you just don't care. See, what you do is we should have traded Griffin Reinhardt back to the Islanders for Matt Barzell. Oh, yeah, they would take that, yeah. <sighs> Arsenal, who was a bad GM in his own right, was probably pissing himself laughing when he got that call. Because that was because Dougie Hamilton was for a first and a second from Boston to Calgary, and then they traded Reinhardt for a first and a second from from Islanders to uh, – who would you rather have? Griffin Reinhardt or Dougie Hamilton? Obviously Dougie <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. And you got, you got them for the same price. Just Matt Barzell yeah. and Connor McDavid. They got or uh, they, they traded up Pavilion. Yeah, they traded up for Pavilion for the with a second round pick. Moved up like ten spots and grabbed him or whatever. We talk about, we can even have a ten hour podcast on Shirelli alone. Shirelli was just some We could pick up Dylan Strom for all I care. Not anymore. He likes Chicago. He was bad in Arizona, but I know. Wasn't he a, a one pick before Marner? Yeah, he was third. Good lord. You know what? The hype that surrounded him, Captain Team Canada, also one of our worst appearances in the World Juniors, but yeah, we don't talk about that year. <laughs> I feel like he he would be a solid fit though for a third line on Edmonton yeah. or second. I don't really know. Like I'm just excited to see Yamamoto. Dear yeah. God, Connor McDavid's filthy. Oh, you saw the goal? Well, no, but I will now. What's the score? 4-2? Yeah. Oh, okay, no, it's still, it's still 4-2. What, what were you saying he's filthy? What did you see? Oh, just his skating ability and his awareness. Oh, like, yeah. At 30, what is it, kilometers or miles? What do they clock him in at? Kilometers, right? It was like 42 kilometers, 38 kilometers, something like that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, anyway, for him to go that fast, to have that kind of – Handling with the puck, the awareness and yeah. the edge work. 
the, the speed at what he can do with his hands is insane. Yeah. It's just yeah. like he just he went through three guys like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. Like I don't understand why he can't like he's not scoring like eighty goals a season. Like he, he, he want, can put up 160, 170 points. Can he not? Like if he just shoots more. See, but what you don't understand because you know you don't have that type of star talent on your team. Oh yeah, well, what's that? I mean, you have you have Pedersen, but he's yeah. no McDavid. Well, no one's no one's McDavid. He's no McJesus. Well, no. But what you have to understand is McDavid doesn't want to show off that much. But he has respect for. He, what, he has respect only... for the rest of the league. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, that is. He he doesn't want to best Wayne Gretzky at this point. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah. All right. Any other yeah. Oilers, Oilers talk? No, I think I'm done. Good. You have any Vancouver talk, or you want to get to the uh, Spurs situation? We can we can talk about uh, Pochettino. So I don't just for just uh, to like let people know I don't watch a lot of ton of soccer. I do follow you know Spain and England and Germany and all that, but I kind of just watch like highlights sometimes you know box scores. And I saw. Poch was fired. That surprised me. Just because I know he was what he's done for the team. Yeah, he was he was loved like in by the fans and stuff. I know I know Christian Erickson and I think Harry Kane as well were kind of upset with him. But they I understand they're building a new stadium, but they didn't give him they didn't buy a player for like a year. How is this his fault? Like yeah, they're they're in like eleventh in the league this year, so they're not doing great. I understand that. But they're talking about how they're gonna give Mourinho a transfer budget. Well, why don't you give it to Pochettino? Like, you, you, you signed him to be a youth developer. Fine. But you, you can't not sign a single player. That's absurd. That's the, that's the first time it's ever happened. Like, and you sign – so the whole thing is the, the, the team is, like, they have a fragile locker room, like, mentally right now because they're supposed to be fourth, fifth in the league, and they're, like, very much not. They're, they're bottom half. So you sign a manager – that is known to be a hard ass on players to try and get a situation where they're already mentally unsta- not unstable, but mentally not there. I just I feel like this is either going to work out wonderful or going to be a complete disaster. It's Jose Mourinho. Yeah, and you know he's gone in three seasons. Or two I'm going to be fair. I don't watch too much of the Prem League. Yeah, I'm a Bayern fan, but Jose Mourinho has run Man United into the ground because and Chelsea twice he goes to teams that have unbelievable offensive depth and power mm-hmm. and he plays park the bus tactics every game yeah no matter what and you just can't do that and especially if you have Paul Pogba Ooh, and yep it's that's not what you guys bought him back for to play defense. Like, no. When you see him in France, he has Conte playing behind him as your defense, and he can do whatever he'd like up on the front half of that center mid. Yeah. And that's what made him so successful was mm-hmm. the attack. And I see the same thing with the Spurs. Erickson, Son, Kane, Ali. Even Walker is more offensive. He was great for England World Cup. Uh, exactly, right back or whatever it was. Yeah, he's he's yeah he can he can move the ball. I don't know. 
I, just, I don't know. I just I don't see it working out for Mourinho. I don't. He can surprise me. Don't get me wrong. I've well, he's he's a great manager. It's just for two seasons. That's it. And I just but they're they're very different styles. Pochettino's open, free flowing kind of thing. I I don't see how you can change that mid season and implement it if efficiently and effectively and get any kind of good result. Like they're not even going to make the Europa League at this rate. The problem with Mourinho is it's his way or the highway. Yep. And you need players he's back, that he's my, he's my with mentality. But when you have young players like Deli Ali, yeah. that's not happening. It's not going to be your way with him. No. Or with star players, it's not going to be your way. Because they're stars for a reason. It's how they play. You can't change that. Exactly. I think he's going to struggle. I think so. Maybe he'll surprise me. They, they beat West Ham. I know that. But it's West Ham. Like, they're not terrible, but they're not great. Like, let's see you play Liverpool. See how it goes. Like, West Ham will forever be a, just that middle of the table. Probably, yeah. I just – I feel like after a team fires their coach, they usually win a couple of games. They play well. And then once you're like five, ten games in, when you really see the effects of it, and I just don't know if this how this how this is gonna work past this season. Maybe maybe it works for next, but after that, like, what are we working with here? This is a team that's not built. Like Mourinho needs a transfer budget. He's he's very he's not a youth developing coach. He's he's a buy the best players, and. I don't know if – like, I think uh, Daniel Levy, the chairman uh Tottenham, he's, he's mentioning he needs to the, use the, the transfer much more, which is – yeah, obviously. But you're still buying – you're still funding the stadium and all that. So I don't know how much he's going to fork out because Marina's going to demand a lot. That's the whole reason he left Man United because he couldn't buy his own players. And I just – I don't know how, how that's any different at Tottenham. It's worse. They have less of a budget. Exactly. I don't know. I just – I don't see how – I understand why they fired him. I understand why they're hiring Mourinho because there's not a whole lot, a lot, a lot of other options, really. I mean, who's out of work that's good? Conte? Or like, some Wenger. Oh, yeah. It's not Wenger, yeah. <laughs> I understand from Mourinho's perspective, for sure. He wants to go back to the Premier League. He gets a, an opening at a fairly prestigious team that just hasn't performed well. It's going to be interesting. For, for sure, yeah. They're a team to watch, yeah. But, yeah. Like, would you be surprised if they all of a sudden finished in, like, sixth? Yes, I would. Would be? Because I'm not expecting them to do that good under Mourinho. See, I, I could see them finishing, yeah, fifth, sixth, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. Because I can see them finishing top of the table. So, they'll <laughs> really? definitely be above the 10 mark, above the 9 oh, mark. Oh, mean top half, yeah. Well, yeah, I but hope so. I feel as if, I mean, maybe seven is the highest I'd go. Well, they, there's the, just because the they have a lot of power offensively, and even in the back end of the field, you have two really good like fullbacks. Yeah, I see him okay. finishing high, but at the same time, if you don't have the right tactics and your manager doesn't know what he's doing, which Mourinho has proven, he can be very questionable. Irrational, yeah. Yeah. Well, right now, they are two points in know. fifth. They're in ninth. They're at 17 points in ninth. Wolves is at 19 points in fifth. So they're only, they're only one win out of fifth. 
Players you also have Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City. Yeah, and Leicester. To deal with. Yeah. And even Leicester has been doing. Yeah, they're in, they're in second. They're ahead of Man City right now. They're one point ahead. Yeah. One nine points. Liverpool is stupid. They're 12-1-0. Like, they haven't lost a game this year. Liverpool is – you're going to – Klopp has done – He's been great. Miraculous job yeah. over there. I think this is the year they finally finally win the, the, win the, the Premier League. Well, so if they long. don't, I – if they don't, they need to consider some serious changes. I think – Just because – if you want, if you win a Champions League, and then, yeah, you know, you have to win the Prem League. Yeah, I don't know why. Say why winning the Champions League is harder than winning the Prem League. That's that's, yeah. And nothing with Pochettino. He went to the Champions League final. Like this is not this is not a struggling team before before this year. So I feel like firing him. I understand it, but it's kind of a a harsh. It's it's I understand like it's it's twelve games in now thirteen. I just I don't know. I think they should have given him more chance about just getting more rope. But I guess Erickson was refused like to re resign his contract and, and I think passed like this year. Yeah. Um, which is kind of a really sad like it, it's it's a bad loss for for the Spurs. Yeah, but he's a, you know, he's a good player. I'm an Arsenal fan in the Prem. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> well, Arsenal can pick him up. He can replace Jaka. Oh God! Don't start. Don't start on Jaka. Dude is he's talking about a head case. Didn't he like flip off fans or something like that? Well, he didn't flip them off. Really, he kind of you know was, the fans started booing him. Oh, that was booed him back. <laughs> oh, okay. Which, honestly, as a fan, I, there's no – it doesn't matter how bad a player is playing in that game. Mm. I see no reason to boo him off. Well. Just because when he signed with Arsenal, he was ha- genuinely happy to be there. Well, yeah. He, yeah, he was, yeah. It, just, it just reminds me of Leafs fans. <laughs> Or even Oilers fans bagging their face. It's like, if you're well, going to bag your face when you show up to the game, just don't show up to the game. Yeah, know? that's a good point. You know? yeah. Or like throwing the jersey on the ice. I remember when the Oilers and the Leafs were doing that. It yeah. was just disrespectful. The Leafs still did like last year or earlier this year or whatever it was. It's still happening. Yeah. Any uh, Anything else you want to talk about uh, soccer? Uh. Not really. All right. Our last topic we have written down, Miles Garrett. And Miles Garrett. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was watching that. I was just in shock. I almost turned it off because I'm like, it's eight seconds left in the game. I'm just going to turn it off. Clean uh, no, I did not turn it off. And wow. Yeah. Okay. So, I saw that Mr. Rudolph got fined 50K today, which is essentially nothing. It's a, it's a light tap on the wrist. Like, but I just – You know what, though? What Mason Rudolph? You don't see it in live action when you see that slow mo replay. Mason Rudolph, in a way, instigated it. He pulled hey, Miles Garrett's helmet first. So okay. he pulled the helmet first. Yeah, 
And so he went off to mouth off to Garrett. Apparently, he called him a slur, which the NFL uh, didn't – they didn't hear it on the recordings. And he, no one else heard that. But I guess Garrett was steadfast that he heard that. So if that's what happened, then I understand Garrett – not what he did, of course, but being upset. But So, okay, so Garrett, he slams him into the ground. So, yes, I understand. He was he, he kind of started a little bit, but Rudolph's pulling off his helmet within a matter of, like, two seconds on the ground. And Garrett's sitting there, and he loses his shit. And it's, it's unacceptable what he did because he could have – like, can you imagine he gets a neck injury? Like, Garrett's done for, like, you think this year and next, right? If he breaks his neck, like, this is, like – this is not a couple games. This is, like, two, three years. And the whole Marquise Pouncey got two games, or he's three and reduced, reduced to two. And yeah, no. he kicked him in the head. Like, I understand that he's protecting his, his quarterback. And I understand, that, like, two games is fair. I think two games is, 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 is okay. But Rudolph should have gotten at least a game. Like, he's, he instigates the whole thing. Well, I still after, think two games, two games, I would have gone for five. For Pouncey? Yeah. Dude, he was what? kicking him. Yeah, but he also, this is after, he also, yeah, I, mean, I understand I yet, it, but. This is after he threw the helmet. Yeah, so, okay, so but if you're, if you're. At the same time, mm-hmm. that's a really stupid decision to kick him because. Well, he didn't actually do any damage. Like, he punched he him. Kicked him. Oh, no, I know, he could have. So, if you're, okay, if you're pouncing that position, what are you doing after you see Garrett? After Garrett does what he does, what are you doing as pouncing? I'll hold him down. I might you, like, shove the head and stuff? a little bit. Nah, not to I the am. head. If not I see, to the if, I'll, I'll go for the I'd body. But the him. What's that? I said I'll go for the body, but not the head. I yeah. I, I I understand what what Pouncey did. I get you it though. In the head, but like, like at the end of the day, that's your quarterback. Exactly. And if you're if you're Pittsburgh, you're kind of struggling for one of them at the moment. Well, yeah, Rosberg is out. Rudolph was injured earlier in the year for two, three games, whatever it was. I don't even know the name of their third string. He's, like, undrafted from somewhere. But he's rule who's bad. Yeah, no. And th- the, the thing with the AFC is Pittsburgh's still in the wild card hunt. That's insane. How, how bad teams are that are supposed to be good this year. It's, 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 so, it's kind of crowded in the AFC. It's kind of crowded around, like, the wild card. Like, in the NFC, the playoffs are almost decided by now. Yeah. If you look at the standings, you know, I'm going to bring it up. Well, I mean, you have New England. That's Well, yeah. They're, I, think, old, I think Baltimore's really going to make some noise. Baltimore's in – did you see the uh, Heisman package? Heisman package. No, what is that? Yeah, they came out with a play. Uh, not too much detail on it, but it's called the Heisman package. They have Ingram – Griffin the third and Lamar Jackson all lined up right behind each other. Three yeah. Heisman winners just stacked up. <laughs> so we don't know what the play is, but it's called the Heisman package. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Just because you see this obviously Griffin the third isn't at the level he used to be after those past injuries. Yeah. In my opinion. I might be a little biased being a New Orleans fan. Probably one of the 
best running backs in the league. Definitely top 10 running back in the league. Now? Top Yeah. You think so? Really? He's still in Baltimore, 100%. really? 100%. Mm, I don't know about that. No, no. He has explosive power. Yeah. He's just agile. And his speed is pretty average for a running back. Like, Yeah, I just – I don't know. I don't know about top 10. Okay, so looking at the, looking at the, the playoffs. Right, like, you, obviously, you start with, you know, okay, so you got Barkley, you got Chubb, McCaffrey. you got McCaffrey, yeah. you have Elliot. I'd put Sony Michelle up there, maybe. I don't know. I'd really put play, obviously though. Alvin Kamara because oh, yeah. dude's insane. Yeah. And then, oh, dude. Have you seen fucking uh what's his name Dalvin Cook? Oh yeah, in Minnesota. He's yeah, having an incredible season. He's yeah, already he was he's already he was doubled the stats that Adrian Peterson had on his MVP season, or almost doubled the stats that Adrian really? Peterson. Had. Yeah, I know he's doing well. I don't know he's doing that well. He's doing incredibly well. So he was he was injured. You draft him out of Florida State, and he was injured like the first game. He's done for almost two years. It was like, it was yeah. like, a, it was like a Teddy Bridgewater situation. I've like, never heard of this guy until. Oh really? This oh, yeah. he, was, he was like a second round pick, I think. He he wasn't like a, a nobody. He was just injured for like two years straight. Yeah, he's yeah, he's having a real. But yeah, so looking at the the wild cards in the NFC right now, Seattle eight and two, Minnesota's eight and three. Like those are like they're locked for the playoffs. You look at the, you look at the AFC: Buffalo seven three, okay. Oakland six and four. You have Indy at six and five, Pittsburgh six and five or five and five, and Tennessee at five and five. Are you kidding me? Six and four teams in the like as a legitimate shot. Like they're in the playoffs right now. Like the AFC, it's so clumped together in like this weird mass of bad teams. Like the Chargers, how are they four and seven? Philip Rivers. Has been choking in the fourth quarter. I just that team that defense should be in the playoffs alone. Like how well, are they in Oakland? Here's the thing: their defense is pretty solid. I know, but, but even on, on offense, they have Eckler, they have Gordon. I think in the last Allen. in the last couple of games, Philip Rivers has thrown an interception in the fourth quarter each time. Has he? I haven't watched any Chargers games. Try to avoid them. Or at least in, in three of the last. Five, I think he's throwing an interception. Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching the uh, Raiders game, and it was really hard to watch. <laughs> he went all the way to, I want to say, forty, maybe thirty, and uh, I was like, "Oh man, this is a touchdown!" Nice thing I know completely misses the receiver. Easy pick for the Raiders defense. Yeah. It's it's just a weird team, even with even mediocre quarterback. Like it should be in the playoffs. Even the other LA team, the Rams, man, they're like they're they're gonna win the playoffs. They're not making the playoffs. I was just about to say the Rams are probably the most surprising. But yeah. uh, what I'd like to say is that's karma for oh for the New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know? yeah, the freaking because the Saints have this stupid ass rule of reviewing pass interference that just never actually gets used. Whenever it's a review, it's never actually overturned, ever. Well, I'm sorry, but 
listen, bud, if your team had a shot at making the Super Bowl. And losing to England, yeah. Okay. Okay, uh, relax. No, no. <laughs> we, we would be New England. I hope so. And anything besides that disgusting-ass game would be great. It was uh, it was an interesting Super Bowl to say the least. Yeah, I was I was expecting just two offensive teams go off. That was was supposed to be what it what it was. It, they all shocked us. I mean, Rams didn't even get a touchdown. That was it was embarrassing. It was disgusting to watch. It was terrible. Any know. other anything else to, to add? A solid Oilers win. Solid Oilers win. Solid Canucks win. Beat the first place team in the league, Caps. Ever talk yeah, about the Canucks make miss playoffs? They're making playoffs, man. They're making the No, I was actually just about to say. I think you guys have a shot at playoffs too. Well, name name me have... three teams in the Pacific that are better. Oilers, okay. Vegas, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely put Vegas up there. Vegas is. Who who's who is the third? Who's better than Vancouver besides Edmonton and Vegas in the Pacific right now? LA. Is under 500. LA is phenomenal. Oh, man. yeah. LA is great. Oh, oh man. Coyotes are okay. But like, I, I, I wouldn't put San Jose up there just because. No, they're not a bad year. No. Docs are bad. Kings are bad. Flames are, Flames are playing bad. Like, I, I, yeah, just, I don't see how they're not a, a wild card. Well, at, least, at least a wild card team. Right now they're in third. So you have Oilers in first, Kyrie's in second, Canucks in third, and now Vegas in fourth. Nah. I can I see, see that like being the end of the season. Well, oh, yo, next time we got to talk about Don Cherry, by the way. Oh. We completely forgot about that whole Don yeah. Cherry stuff. Okay, we'll, we'll touch on that. You want to talk about now or later? God, it's almost two hours. I was just about to say, definitely yeah. later. It's, uh, it's been a bit of a longer podcast. Oh, long. We'll talk about, yeah, we'll do 20 minutes. Uh, no, no. Yeah. We're talking about sports, man. All right, mate. So This is the Fourth Line been, Dusters. Yeah, the Fourth Line Dusters, the very first episode. So thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. To, to uh, doing this every, every weekend. Look forward yeah. to some feedback and talking about sports. And, uh, All right. Easy, easy, boys. Take care.